0: Welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinzie Dozinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. This month, we've been working through a Q&A series, which I've really enjoyed doing because you guys have had some really good questions, and I love being able to talk with you all about what's on your all's minds. Today's question comes from a listener who asks, How can a very assertive, take-charge wife let her husband lead, especially when he isn't assertive and doesn't seem to care about many things? Okay, there's a lot packed into this question, even though it's short and sweet. So let me begin by making something overt. For starters, the language you've used here in asking, how can a take-charge wife let her husband lead? assumes a complementarian or a more traditional orientation toward how a Christian marriage should function. Now, this is a prevalent paradigm, especially in the church, but I highlight it because it could be possible that your spouse isn't operating from the same paradigm. So if you were a client of mine, I would be asking you these questions. Tell me more about what comes to your mind when you think about how a Christian marriage should operate. And when it comes to your own marriage. Is your ideal for how it should go an unspoken expectation or a clearly communicated one? And how have you and your spouse negotiated your roles in marriage? By strengths, by spiritual gifts, by gender, by what your parents did, by what you've been taught to, or by necessity? Because what I find a lot of times is that couples enter into marriage assuming that if their spouse is a Christian, then automatically he or she must be on the same page as them, which isn't necessarily true, especially if you grew up in different denominational backgrounds or faith backgrounds. So it would be important for you to find out the unspoken rules or roles your spouse is consciously or subconsciously subscribing to. Maybe say something like, husband, I've been thinking about the way that we go about marriage. And I'm realizing that this is the expectation I've had in my head. And as I think about what I'm asking of you, that you step up and lead me in some way. And as I think about what I'm trying to do myself, which is to practice more self-control in some way, that's where my desires are coming from. But it occurred to me recently that you might be thinking differently than this. And I want to know when you think about our marriage. What sorts of standards do you hold yourself to and what sorts of expectations do you have of me or of the way I relate to you? In asking this question, you may discover that you and your spouse are actually operating from different paradigms and that's where you need to come together. Or maybe in asking these questions, you'll realize there's another root issue that arises when you make these assumptions overt. But, If you find that you and your spouse are operating from the same paradigm, from a traditional complementarian lens, then here's what I would encourage you to think about. As Christ followers, are you taking your cues from Christ and from the way Jesus lived his life when it comes to humility, service, love, power, prayer, and leading by example? Or are you taking your cues from another source? So if you want to relate and love your husband better, Have you looked in the Gospels and considered what it looked like when Jesus loved and related to others? If I can veer from your question just a moment, I just, there's so much I want to say. So let's say you want to lead your family well. What did Jesus' leadership look like? Was it based in worldly power and pride? Or was it based in spirit-driven power, strength, and humility? Or let's say you want to serve your family well. What did Jesus' service look like? Did he serve from a place of, poor me, no one values anything I do for them, and you ought to show me gratitude for all I do for you? Or did he serve from a place of differentiation and identity and purpose? Some of the most tender moments in my office have come from asking a husband or wife to check in with the Holy Spirit and to see what Jesus would say in response to comments like, I'm trying to lead us, but I wish she'd show me more respect. Or, I wish my husband would initiate the spiritual side of things so that we could be better as a couple. You may have even thought these things yourself. But these types of comments, even though possibly well intentioned, what they speak to is misguided desire. They speak to our own expectations, our own entitlements, our fears, and our timidity. But you know what's funny? Not one time, in my experience at least, Has a client checked in with the Holy Spirit, reflected on Jesus' life, and come back to me and said, you know what? I do, by merit, deserve more than I'm getting in my marriage. Or, just as I thought, I'm not responsible for my own relationship with the Lord. Okay, I know that sounds silly, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to get this marriage thing right that we end up focusing more on ourselves than we do on our relationships with Jesus, with our spouses, and with our families. And as a result, we end up doing the very thing we don't want to do, which is making a mess of our marriages. And it's so paradoxical, right? Because most of us are trying to be good Christians, and we're trying to do marriage the way we've been taught to. But at the very same time, many of us have bought into the lie that modifying our behavior and playing a certain part will in the end win favor with God while keeping our marriages happy, healthy, and void of hardship. But friends, that's not what grace is about. That's not what marriage is about. In his letter to the Galatian church, Paul said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He goes on to say, Mark my words. And now I'm paraphrasing. If you continue to live by the law or if you continue trying to earn favor on the basis of trying to play the right part, after you've been saved, then what you're communicating through your life is that Christ is of no value to you at all. But remember, you've already been justified. So now don't worry about seeking approval or validation or trying to prove or earn your worth, which is what we often use our spouses for in marriage, by the way, but that's another episode for another time. But Paul says the only thing that counts is expressing your faith through love and using your freedom in Christ to love your spouse as you love yourself and to serve one another in love. So if you're listening to this, I want you to ask yourself, what would my marriage look like if I stopped worrying about if I'm playing my part well enough for my partner? If I stopped trying to perfect my appearance or behavior in an effort to earn my spouse's praise? What if I just stopped and reflected on my identity in Christ? on the fact that he already paid the price for all of my sin and shortcomings. And so now, I am free to live life with the Spirit, to live joyfully and abundantly from the inside out. How would my marriage look different? So that would be my challenge from a Christian perspective. Now, back to the question at hand. The question was, how can a very assertive, take-charge wife let her husband lead? especially when he isn't assertive and doesn't seem to care about many things. On the surface, I would say that you can encourage him, empower him, pray for him, listen to him, and offer accountability for growth, but at the end of the day, you can't make him care more, and you can't do his work for him. As Leslie Vernick says, you are responsible to your spouse, but not for your spouse. And when a husband or wife can get that, then marriage begins to look totally different. So does your relationship to yourself and your spouse. It begins to look like seeking to find one's identity and worth in Christ, regardless of the circumstances in your marriage. You start to care more about your own sanctification, asking the Lord to round out any rough edges and to grow you into maturity. Lord knows this has been the majority of my work in my marriage so far. And of course, you still care about your husband and your marriage and you don't stop encouraging or empowering or praying or listening or holding up a mirror for him, but you do loosen your grip. You do release that tightening in your chest because you know that you're not responsible for him. You stop modifying your behavior and engaging in wishful thinking that somehow, if you could just fit yourself into the right box, then he would magically step up and lead and be the husband you want him to be. He would realize that you are responsible for you and to him, but not for him. Now, from a marriage and family systems perspective, it seems like because of your personality paired with your husband's personality, you've fallen into the role of taking on more than your share of responsibility in the marriage, while your husband has taken less than his share whatever that means to the two of you. And what I hear you asking for is for your husband to step up and carry his weight in your marriage, again, however you two have negotiated that, assuming that you're clear on the points I mentioned before. And it's appropriate for you to want your marriage partner to be an active participant in your commitment to one another, and for you to not have to carry the weight of the relationship or of life alone. You know, that's part of marriage, and it's part of the sanctifying element of marriage. That as believers in Christ first and a spouse second, we have the opportunity to hold a mirror up to our spouses in ways that nobody else has the ability to. So I would start by asking him questions from a place of compassion and curiosity. You know, sometimes it seems to me like you don't care, and like I bear more of the weight in the relationship. Now, I know I have a stronger personality and my own tendencies to overfunction in our relationship, but I'd really like it if you would take more responsibility in certain areas. And if there are things I'm unaware of that are going on with you, or if there are things that I'm doing that aren't leading to your flourishing in our marriage as well, then I'm open to hearing your perspective too. Still, I'm asking for our marriage to be more balanced and to operate closer to the ways that we've agreed upon. So this may give you more information while still keeping your spouse accountable. And sometimes this is the most loving thing that you can do. But I would frame it like that rather than saying, I don't think you're carrying your weight right now, but what I'm asking is for you not to just hold your own weight, but to go above and beyond that for me in ways that really aren't in line with your personality, but more so align with the ways that I expected our marriage to play out. There's a big difference in those requests. One says, how can we create a healthier dynamic and a more intimate marriage? The other says, I care more about validating my needs by having you change in the ways I'd prefer. And as long as marriages operate like that, they'll forever feel caught in a power struggle. But healthy marriages aren't based on power differentials. They're based on mutual empowerment. And when couples feel free to be themselves and free to love as God created them to, then neither spouse has to diminish themselves in order to prop up the other or to create a void in hopes that their partner will fill it. They can just be who they are, do the hard work when needed, and trust the Lord for the hard work. I hear your desire, listener, your desire to be a good wife to your husband and to have a marriage that functions healthily. And I want you to know that I've been praying for you this week. That in time, your marriage, when surrendered to him, would display a spirit-led life, Christ's love for the church, and God's glory in ways that only your marriage can. And that's my prayer today for everybody else listening as well. Thank you all for being here. There's so much I desire to communicate, and your questions this month have helped me to do that even more. So I appreciate you're holding space for me to share my heart and thoughts with you each week. And I hope you know how grateful I am for your questions, engagement, and listenership. All right, friends, have a great last day of August, and I'll be back with you again next week. Bye bye.